So I came across this article on Medical News Today, and it was talking about a pandemic phenomenon called COVID-19 anxiety syndrome. I'm struggling from it, and I think (laughs) we all are. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And based on recent events, and I will go into it, I 100% felt connected to this article and I read it going "Uh uh-huh and I do tend to kind of bring everything towards myself anyway it's one of my very many lovely qualities about myself personalizing everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole world revolves around Angela well this article sure did (laughs) wait so what happened it was talking about how the whole anxiety syndrome and the phenomenon behind it specifically with COVID and the pandemic and how things started you know it began with a just a warning you know we're watching the news going oh no there's another plague among us you know and we just went through this with Ebola a few years ago and we went through this with SARS back in the day and bird flu and H1N1 and nothing ever really changed that much in our uh, society in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and we know that it was covered a lot on the news and we were probably nurses at the time or, you know, in college and remember these days, but it didn't hit like this. So I remember back in when this was starting, I was like, you guys, it's just like all the other ones. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's just going to be like the flu, maybe a little worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure I posted that on my social media. I was oh, like, I'm so glad I didn't. Everybody calm down. It's okay. We're going to get through this. It's really not that bad. Well, and yeah. I immediately ate my words. I definitely said that to several people because, you know, being a nurse, a lot of people are texting me like, should we be worried about this, Angela? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I don't really know what's going on over there in China right now, but we will be fine. Don't worry. And then ate my words yeah we were not fine yeah we were definitely not fine yeah but part of being an adult or a mature adult I should say is adjusting your opinions and your views based off of new incoming information right and that was based on past information history I thought was repeating itself right and it was turns out repeating itself in a way but from like 1919 back when we had the Spanish flu when none of us were alive or remember it 1918 1918. 1919 just sounds so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Rewriting history. Absolutely. I'm sure it carried into 1919, so... It did. 1918 and 1920. Still right. Two years. (laughs) Same as COVID, almost. 100 years. Almost two years. Oh, geez. Don't say that. Well, I think it'll be... This is all my own personal opinion, but I do think it'll be about two years before we see everything, like, completely back to normal. I mean, all states with the removal of mask mandating and even at that, I think people who have this anxiety disorder that you're talking about are probably never going to show their face in public ever again, or they're going to be germaphobes, or they're going to be afraid of being in large crowds. I think a lot of things are going to change. The anxiety syndrome that we're talking about started with the sudden shutdown and lockdown of the world. The economy just came to a screeching halt. All the schools shut down. All the grocery stores were completely cleared. Everyone's job changed. People were working from home, right? The kids were homeschooled by the parents that are also working from home. So everything changed and that created this huge instant massive 
change and nobody deals well with change that suddenly and that drastic and it began there. And then we had to deal with the fear of the unknown. Is this going to be like this forever? Is the world over? Remember it was 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And the doomsdayers were saying, July of 2020, that's the end of the world. Remember? I do vaguely remember it. There were so many podcasts about being a doomsdayer and people were prepared for the end of the world. And then when this happened, it didn't bode well with them because they're like, see, see, look, look what's happening. Look what's happening. And then people just kind of lost their minds. Yeah. But that's what people do when they feel out of control is like, or at least what I've noticed personally, people who are so stuck in their routine that any little bit of deviation from their normal routine all of a sudden throws them into a tizzy. And so how do they get back into this normal routine and still be able to grasp control of their own life when it feels like it's spiraling out of control? People will begin to create these ideas or these beliefs, these doomsday beliefs that, well, the world's going to end anyways. So why don't we all just go back to normal and enjoy our lives, right? Because that will put me back in my routine. It's a part of this probable anxiety disorder that you're talking about. People just, it will come off in different ways for different people. Well, for the most of us, we start to adjust, Mm -hmm. you know, like we find our new normal. Mm -hmm. We're transitioning into, well, it is what it is. I can't control anymore. The way I kind of got through it, remembering back, was I remember being enraged every single day. I was getting disappointed every single day. Something else was being taken away from me, my kids, our society, the world, our country, everything. It was all just being taken away. Not to mention our career was now on fire. Mm -hmm. Every spotlight was on us. We were given this horrible disease that we were personalizing and being scared of ourselves and asked to walk into the line of fire. And please save us. Please save us. And it's like, who's going to save me? You know, it was scary. (laughs) And not to mention everybody that was not in the healthcare field were concerned about being laid off and losing their income without a job lined up or any potential jobs opening in sight. Imagine the stress. Uh, I couldn't imagine. Our stress was so opposite that, that it was like we had too much work and too much scariness going on. Yeah. But I know a lot of my friends were affected by it too. I couldn't imagine your husband who makes your other half of your income mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do about your house and how are you going to feed the kids? And it's terrifying. That was one of the consoling factors was okay so my job is now extremely dangerous in this disease that we're watching on the news but at least I have a job and I could work every day if I need I could work every day kill me (laughs) sounds horrible but I could and I thought okay this is a that's a little silver lining I had to think about in the event that my husband were to get laid off yeah and that was a fear it was like I gotta pick up the slack we were actually in the middle of escrow on another house. We were going to buy a house and we had to back out because we could not uh, commit the idea that what if he loses his income? Right. That would be, and I think a lot of people did that, made major life changes based on the unforeseen events that could potentially happen in mm-hmm. the near future. Right. So we were all scared. Yeah. yeah. And thus the syndrome. 
came about. And so that's where it started, right? Wait, so can you talk a little bit about this syndrome? Like, I, I feel like it's an anxiety syndrome, but we don't know a ton about it. So that's what precipitated it. All okay. of these events happening, basically, it starts from a disaster. So we have experienced, as a society, a disaster, a major life-shattering potentially, and every single person has been impacted by this disaster. And thus, the mental problems will flourish. Mm -hmm. And it does kind of come, it says in the article that it mimics symptoms of anxiety, depression, OCD. Think about it. So at work, when I go to work, I make sure I don and doff exactly the same every single time. I feel like the minute I lax my policy, my procedure, I will catch it. That's how I feel. So once I was vaccinated and once and everybody started saying like, oh, the mask mandate changed, right, recently. Mm -hmm. So you can be around – uh, people outdoors or what's the, what did it say the CDC you can be around like smaller crowds who are all unmasked as long as everybody is vaccinated indoors but or the, outdoors uh outdoors and I think it, they just approved it for indoors too but at this at, they were also saying that if you're around a COVID positive person you don't have to quarantine for 14 days if oh, you're okay. vaccinated That's so right. you can be like unmasked around them find out that they're COVID positive and then not have to quarantine because you're vaccinated. Because I'm still wearing my capper. I'm still doing all of it when I walk into these COVID patient rooms. And why? Why didn't I just go back to an N95 that I, I haven't actually fit tested properly, but still an N95, come on. Is anybody in the world fit testing properly to an N95? I don't know. I mean, I fit test properly into it maybe i just really don't because i have always lied i taste that saccharin every single time i'm like really? they go do you taste it and i was just like oh no i don't taste it okay just let me go <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what i do i don't know i don't feel like i've ever tasted it but i tasted it when i had a regular mask on and then i fit into the small one the small one i never smell it okay but like i don't even know how to put on a capper i'm like what the hell is this thing <laughs> this this giant space helmet that like hooks to your back and like I have to pay attention to lights and it mm -hmm. blows shit in my face. And I'm like, I just, I don't like it. It's like the bubble of life. I don't like it. I love it. Ugh. I like the fan blowing the COVID away. And then you can't hear your patient. You're like screaming at them and they're screaming at you and you're like, this is not working. <laughs> it, I, I can't hear anything. Not conducive to a therapeutic communication <laughs> with my patient. I scream all the time because nobody can ever hear me. But yeah, through – and then we were talking into like the iPad in the room. You're like screaming like, hello. They, she needs help. She needs something. They can't read my lips. They can't see my eyes. They can't hear my voice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn sign language today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor delirious patients that we had where they would just hear voices coming out of the wall. And they were like, <laughs> the, the devil is in the room with me. <laughs> Sir, put your arm down. Don't touch that. They're like, what? Mom? Mom? <laughs> they start seeing a baby in the corner. And they're like, don't touch the baby. That's the just Angela's sleeping. voice. <laughs> don't make fun of her. She's very sensitive. <laughs> just had a patient. Actually, he was so convinced his dog was next to him. Or like laying on top of him. He was hallucinating really bad. But uh, I can't remember what his, I'll t call his dog Fido. I can't remember what its name was. But every time I walked in the room, he'd be like, ah, 
Watch out for Fido. Okay. You had to play along. You're in the hospital. And then after about six hours of like reorientation, I was like, this is going nowhere. Yeah. Like he really is like petting a fake Fido on his Aww. lap. I was like, oh, Fido, can I hold him? Like, is he hungry? You start playing into the delusion. He likes graham crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a bad nurse. Okay. But that's, what, that's how we have fun every once in a while. We have it's- these beds at the hospital that are really neat and they speak languages. So you can set it to say like common things that you want to ask during an assessment in whatever language that they have. So one time I had a patient that spoke Arabic and I was like, I had a nursing student. I was like, check this out. So instead of getting the translator in, you know, if it was a legal thing, I would get the translator. But I just want them to just be like, do you know where you are? You know, kind of thing, just doing a neuro assessment. And so I was like, check this out. And I put the Arabic on and then it started speaking Arabic really loudly. And the patient just lost it and was like, mama, mama. Oh, no. Oh, God. That's not how this was intended to go. <laughs> this was not my plan. <laughs> it's just funny how like ideal when people come up with these kind of technologies and then I could just see the in-service like this is such a great technology. This is such a useful tool. This will help nurses. This will help everybody in this field. Let's speak this. They don't even think about like what happens in the real world. I know. Like this is what happens in the real world. The patient now thinks that their dead mother is in the room talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh, we have we so we at our hospital we have the striker beds and they also have the um, music capability. Yeah. But along the lines of the music capability, you can do like nature sounds. Mm-hmm. And like I've walked into my patient's room and there's like frogs, like <laughs> like ribbit ribbit. My patient's like I'm in the jungle. <laughs> And they, like, create this delusion. Or monkeys. There's, like, monkeys. Oh, my God. My poor patients. I'm like, turn it off. Turn it off. Oh, my God. Abort, 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 abort. I know. It's like monkeys at at war. Because they start seeing them. Yeah. They're hearing them. And then their brain, because they're ICU delirium, they're like, there's a monkey on the wall. Don't you see it? It's staring at me. And you're like, oh, God. In what world? The sound of screeching monkeys? Therapeutic. (laughs) never therapeutic. It's a bad idea. Wow, they did not ask us. No, they really didn't. Like babbling brooks, like go. Maybe, <laughs> you know, like a nice wind or a chime or a frog, maybe. I'm not even crazy about the frogs. No, no I'm anti the frogs, no. <laughs> like a little fur, a leaf on the piano, like that's nice. It's pretty. It's calming. But like, no, we don't need any of that. It's just wild animals. Stupid shit. Like, let's get rid of it, please. And I'm always baffled when I walk in if I'm resource or charge. And there's like night shift nurses that play the nature sounds. And I'm like, why would you do that to them? They're like, I don't know how to turn it off. (laughs) It's been on for three days. (laughs) Okay, I digress. Actually, you digress. I totally digress. My bad. So back to this anxiety syndrome. So the people who are more uh, at risk of of behaving this way and getting this and feeling this way are the more neurotic types and turns out i'm one of them you neurotic i'm neurotic no you're not i am now i've (laughs) I've, i think i caught it from you (laughs) i'm not neurotic i'm just a highly anxious person yeah but the i think they kind of go hand in hand anxiety and neuroses where i am hyper focused on certain things and the pandemic has made it weird to be 
in a room full of people. And when I had to go to the airport recently, I was terrorized. I was not prepared for my personal response to being in this very busy airport, in these long lines, waiting, 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 and having so much overstimulation in general. You know, when you're kind of a cattle driven through the airport, you're waiting and you're going zigzagging. And I had my first panic attack during this flight in airport security. Oh, I feel for you. The man in front of me. So first of all, you're thinking of security, right? Like, okay, obviously everything is just high alert all the time. And now we're worried about the disease infiltrating our already awful airport situation. So it's just a mess right now. <laughs> the airport is like not a great place to hang out. Let me just tell you. So I'm behind this guy and he's just scooting up in front of me. And he's wearing this backpack and I couldn't help but look at the giant blades that were sticking out of his backpack. I was like, okay, what could these possibly be? Maybe they're drones, like little helicopters, like little things that, you know, electronic things that they f use a remote and then they fly around and mm -hmm. I don't know. I was like, he's like a big kid, this guy. He looked a little disheveled. He had like wild hair. Like he looked like someone that plays video games a lot. And so I thought, okay, it's fine, Angela. Those blades are totally normal for um, taking to Atlanta. No big deal. So then he gets up. He's next in security and they are looking at it and they're like, what is this, sir? Like all the security guides come surrounding him. And he's like, oh, these are batteries. This is battery. I do this for a living. Oh, well, this has never been a problem before. I'm allowed to carry these. This is what I do. This is what I've always done. And apparently he carries these like huge batteries that have blades on them and on his carry-ons every single time before the pandemic. So this is the first time he's actually flown since then. And he has these like devious looking devices as his carry-on. And I'm like, oh, no. So they're like, okay, well, we have to really check this. So they put it in the basket, you know, a little bucket, take his shoes off. And then I'm behind him. I just have my purse. So I put my purse on there and I take my shoes off and I did not have socks. Sarah, you I'm like, barefoot <laughs> on the COVID airport floor mm -hmm. with my stuff in security behind battery guy. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. He's going to be searched. I'm going right through. So I go through the thing, you know, the like metal detector, and then I'm watching my purse and it's on the conveyor belt and there's two little areas that it can go. And one of them, you go right through and you grab your purse and you move on your merry way. The other one goes to the right and it gets to those people that are searching every single part of that bag. And mine just followed the battery guy and I'm <laughs> with him now. And I thought they thought that we were connected. I was like, no, I have nothing to do with that weirdo. Like, it's, it's not, <laughs> we are not a couple. So I'm like, shoot, I'm barefoot and I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, why did it get flagged? So I immediately blamed battery guy. I'm like, well, they think that we are in this together. But then I was like, no, I am in a separate bin my purse went through its own little picture and something popped up in my purse and I'm going to go to jail. And then I'm like, okay, okay, Angela, what's in your purse? What's in your purse? You know how I always carry a knife. Mm -hmm. And I thought, first thing I thought was, it's the knife. It's the knife. And I'm like, okay, wait, Angela, you knew you're getting on a plane today. You took your knife out. Yes, you took your knife out. You checked it into your suitcase. You're done with the knife, okay? It's not the knife. So I'm like, what else could it be? And I remembered I drove myself to the airport because I had free parking because of Sean, right. not to brag. And I had my keys with me. So I thought, oh, I have a bottle opener keychain on my keys 
and it's kind of sharp on the top. You know, it's got the little poker. Wait, you can't take bottle openers? Well, I don't know, but I thought that's what it is. They are going to think that this is a weapon and that I'm going to hijack the plane and that I'm going to be taken back. You know, this is not my first time being like detained. Yeah. I have been detained. I had like an arsenal of weapons on me on accident. Long story. <laughs> we'll tell that one for another time, but it's a great story. <laughs> So I have a little PTSD about being taken into airport jail. And um, anywho, so I was like, okay, my can opener or bottle opener or whatever the heck is on my keychain is going to ruin my life. And I'm like cursing Sean. I'm like, why did he leave me with these keys? Like, it's all his fault, right? Yeah, yeah. It's battery guy's fault. It's his guy's fault. I'm like, I'm going to prison. And battery guy's bailing me out. I don't know what to do. So they... Now I'm sweating. I'm thinking. I'm looking. And they're, they're taking forever. They're swabbing the batteries. They are focused on him. And my purse is just sitting there unattended, just ignored for literally like 20, 30 minutes. And I'm just – my head starts spinning, spinning, spinning. I miss my flight. Everything's wrong. Like, kill me. Everyone from behind me is now on the freaking plane. Everybody. And I'm standing there like a loser. And they grab my purse and they go, whose is this? They didn't even look in it. Didn't even look in it. So passed it on. And then I was like, do you have any Purell? So now I'm like washing my feet and I'm just done. This place is disgusting. So that was my first like panic attack. Then I get on the plane and nobody's sitting next to me and the plane is filling up, filling up. And I'm like, oh my God, what if I have this entire road to myself? Like somebody is looking after me today. <laughs> somebody is smiling on me. This is your day, Angela. <laughs> nope. So a woman just gets on the plane and she looks like so frazzled. She looks inebriated and she's stumbling towards me, stumbling, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and lands right in front of me. And she goes, that's my seat and points to the window seat next to me. I'm like, oh no, oh no. Okay. No big deal. Angela, shut up. So I stand up. I let her in. She sits down. She takes her whole mask off at this point. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, we're supposed to wear our masks, right? I'm looking around. Everybody's wearing their masks. And then overhead, they're like, we don't want to be hall monitors. Please, everybody keep your mask on. It's the right thing to do. It's actually a public mask mandate right now in public airports, blah, 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 airlines. It's actually a thing right now. So we have to wear our masks. And then turns out I have become this, like, mask hole. Do you know this term? <laughs> mask hole? A like mask an asshole? hole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Someone who's like, wear your mask. Wear your mask. You know, you walk around just telling people what to do. I don't do that. I just wear my mask. And if you don't want to wear your mask, then whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to tell her. I'm not going to cause a scene with the neighbor that I have to be with for the next four and a half hours, you know? So I'm like, whatever. Do what you want. She probably doesn't have COVID anyway. I mean, what are the odds? I am vaccinated and it's fine. Then she starts coughing. coughing coughing the two people in front of us are turning around looking who is coughing the people all over the place is looking and they're looking at me i'm like it's not me it's the lady without the mask that's who's coughing and then i'm like all right now i have to say something and you know i don't like to confront people i don't like confrontation it makes me i am worse off i'd rather be confronted a thousand times than me be the confronter and i'm like okay i am responsible here i'm the nurse i'm sitting next to this woman i'm vaccinated you're gonna be fine there's probably people here that are not vaccinated and they could die so i went down that hole oh. and then finally i um after i assessed her cough i decided she's probably a smoker and she hasn't had a cigarette in a few hours and it did sound, kind of sound like a smoker cough she had a smoker's voice 
um, she struck me just on her appearance as like a heavy smoker. So I thought, okay, it's a smoker's cough, probably not COVID, but I said, um, excuse me, would you mind wearing your mask? Just like that. I thought it was very nice. And she looks at me and she goes, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> Did she follow it up with anything? She did no. She All she you, said was "ma'am," and then she took her mask off of her chin and flicked it. Like she lifted it off of her face and she flicked it back onto her face, adjusted it, grabbed the pamphlet in front of the seat, in front of her, in the back of the seat, out, opened it up, shoved it aggressively over her face, and then tucked herself into the corner and fell asleep. And I was like, "Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay, so we're not fighting." She was angry. But now she's asleep and I'm like, okay, n- good job, Ange. Like you just saved the day and now you have a sleeping neighbor. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. The cocktails come. I order my wine and she's still sleeping. They go, is she awake? I'm like, I don't know. Don't touch her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't stir the bees. You don't kick the bear. <laughs> she missed her opportunity. So then I am on my second glass of wine, okay, and she wakes up takes a thing off her face, watches me sipping my wine. And I'm very careful not to take my mask off, believe me, because I am not going to be the one who takes off their mask after I told her to put her mask on. So I'm drinking my wine under my mask. And she looks at me and she hits the call light. And then the lady comes. She's like, I want two Bloody Marys. (laughs) Like two Bloody Marys. I go, no, this woman, she's going to have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) That's where your brain went. Two Bloody Marys. And now I think about it because I'm on the aisle and she's going to have to crawl over me or I have to like move. And then it's, you know, it's a big deal yeah, when yeah. you have someone coming out to go to the bathroom. So now I can't even relax. I'm like, she's going to have to pee eventually. Then I was like, oh, maybe she's in renal failure. It's fine. Like she she could potentially just be like fluid overload. It's fine. <laughs> we went way too extensive. Because she never peed the entire time. So I decided she's in renal failure with COPD and probably on drugs. Okay. Wow. I assessed and diagnosed the entire time I was there. I couldn't – I was hyper-focused, hyper-obsessed, like – Hyper-vigilant. Oh, my God. It was the most tense I've ever been on the flight. Oh well, my. at some point, after she had her two Bloody Marys, she passed out again. And I was like, okay, good. And then she put her little pamphlet over her face and everything. She kept her mask on the whole time and then popped up with a vengeance in a dead sleep now she is pinned down because she has her her tray table out and she pops up her entire purse spills all over the floor of the plane (laughs) and she can't move to pick anything up and she looks at me she's like excuse me can you help me pick up my stuff and i'm like oh my god oh my god this lady Mm, i don't know middle age okay she had like a southern accent. I can't really do it. Okay. <laughs> Can you help me pick up my stuff? Oh, that was so bad. <laughs> Excuse me, darling. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> sweetie. Isn't that sweetie? Mm, I don't think she called me sweetie. No. <laughs> like, asshole. Can you help me pick up my stuff? <laughs> so I thought this is my opportunity to make up because I felt so bad and she wasn't as bad as I, I like – made her out to be in my head and so I thought yes I will pick up your stuff so now I'm on all fours on the floor because she spilled her entire purse and I'm taking everything I mean from used tissues to like lollipops lip gloss her wallet like everything I know it's okay there was Purell everywhere (laughs) 
still ew <laughs> you're a better so person gross. than i am what would you have done well i would have helped but i would have left the used tissues on the floor i'd have been like you can get those <laughs> no thanks in hindsight maybe i should but whatever i was just also cleaning it was just ugh, a bad idea the whole thing but anyway it was basically the point of this story is a normal circumstance. You can have a stranger sitting next to you at any given moment in your life before this year and not think twice about it. Not think twice. I had completely judged her. I made her this like walking COVID in my head. She was just a diseased like woman that was going to infect us all. And and I was panicking a little bit and I was spiraling. Go, like, you should have heard the thoughts I was thinking. And at one point, I was like, oh, good. Maybe she died. When she fell asleep, I was like, mm, good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> good. I hope she died. I'm not associated with her. <laughs> so bad. Maybe we should cut that out. Leave it. Please leave it. The compassion. It just... It... <laughs> So to wrap up a long story long, long story long, <laughs> I am not okay. You are not okay. Yeah. You're, you're struggling with a little anxiety right now. A little bit. Yeah. That sucks. And I'm it's sorry. so not me. Yeah. No, it's totally not you. Yeah. And if you should have saw, I had um, texting. If You have to see the text I sent my husband the whole time. Oh my gosh. You sent me a text thread that was awesome. And you should, you should tell everybody what that text thread looked like. You were like half drunk. Oh, that was the one on the way home. And you were like, but the one I on depart the plane? at 11.59 and I'll be home at 11.69. <laughs> Sean was like, what? <laughs> Reread your text messages. And then they ended with, good luck finding me. Yeah. <laughs> and you like got mad at him for being drunk. Like, I don't know. It was really funny. So when he picked me up from the airport... I was like off the plane. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bag- baggage claim. And then I'm, he's going to pick me up. Well, I have my suitcase is a black suitcase. And it has this like very distinct ribbon on the top. That's how I can find it. And as I'm walking to baggage claim, I see this man in a mask walking with my suitcase. And I was like, oh my God, that guy has my suitcase. And I'm ready to like, I'm running towards him, ready to confront him. Like he's stealing my suitcase. And then suddenly the man takes the suitcase and rolls it at me just like throwing rolling it <laughs> at me and I was like oh my god and now I'm catching my suitcase and I look at him and he's like hi like, it's my husband <laughs> he broke into like the airport I don't know how you can't even get into baggage claim what are you doing here you're supposed to be in the car on the curb he didn't break in you can get into the baggage well claim you're not supposed to it says who it says the signs that is that's why people do like the welcome home you know but it says only ticketed people beyond this point and he went beyond that point who cares <laughs> did he get caught <laughs> well i thought i was being robbed he was oh my gosh is the point it was late i was drunk you were clearly having some double vision you couldn't <laughs> even recognize your own husband that's what he said he's like what's the matter with you, you don't work i haven't seen you in four days sorry who are you <laughs> forgot what you looked like point is i was like yeah i thought you were cute though <laughs> <laughs> Angela's head up into like some type of conclusive end. We just went through a prolonged exposure to this crazy novel virus that we knew nothing about. 
We were driven by fear. We were driven with anxiety. We were uncertain and lacking control in every aspect of our life. And we're now getting these physiological symptoms as a result. Now, somebody like me who lives with anxiety every single day of their life, but manages it effectively, the wisdom and message I would give to you is just be patient with yourself right now. Your brain just went through something substantive. Your body went through something substantive. So as you're navigating these new emotions that you honestly are not used to having, like, Angela, you're not an anxious person. No. I am an anxious person. So I know the feeling exactly. It's horrible. It is. It's not fun to live with. And so it's everybody's kind of navigating these new emotions and these new norms that are not normal for them. So it's like, we're in this place where we can help each other. If people are uncomfortable going out right now, that's okay. Let them be uncomfortable and stay at home. But don't judge them for it because they're getting through something on their own. We're like the people who are open to going out and doing things and being unmasked with other vaccinated people. Let them do it. Don't judge them for it. Like in the end... We are nobody to give judgment to anyone, but we're happy with where we're heading and just ecstatic, but be patient with everyone, including yourself. I'm going (laughs) to, I judged so much that day. (laughs) Yes, you did. So I'll take this as a learning experience. I'm learning from this. Yeah. Because I need to calm down. Judging outwardly is judging inwardly. Mm -hmm. anytime you find yourself judging outwardly remember there's something not sitting right with you so what is it that's not sitting right with you lots of things (laughs) and that's okay you're learning everybody's learning right now Mm -hmm. so it's a it's an experience we're all going through and we're all just trying to figure it out the best way we can you're so inspirational i feel so much better talking to you because when i'm going through this i don't really have the coping skills to get through it (laughs) And you're just like, you've gotten, you've gone through this, you've processed your own anxiety and this is all new for me. Yeah. I'm struggling. It's terrifying the first couple of times, like the panic attacks that you have, but you learn to manage it. You learn to manage it. It gets better. I promise. I just don't want to be that person that's lashing out. You know, I don't want to lash out at the the people. I don't want to. Well, you might. But I also don't want to turn on myself and cause depression. Well, lot again, patience self-compassion as you're going through it because there are going to be moments where you do lash out at yourself lash out at other people get triggered Mm -hmm. and you just have to recognize i'm triggered by this because i feel unsafe and why do i feel unsafe right now how do i change that and get into a a safer position where my physiology will cool down honestly that's the majority of people when they feel unsafe is when they lash out if they're feeling out of control that's when they lash out so how can I fix the situation by trying to gain more control, one, or be moved to a place or separate myself from this so that I, my, physio, my bodily response will calm down? So you, you learn. Everybody's learning right now. So it's just I feel for you because I have anxiety and it just anybody who has it too, you can work through it. You can live with it. Well, the flight home was – serene yeah it was peaceful i i actually experienced what i I knew what to expect the second time and i was like going in going calm down angela you can do this you can do this you've done it before and i did test my patience and it was fine i did well even though there was tornadoes yeah all over the place that day yeah (laughs) it was so scary oh no i do not do tornadoes (laughs) no i do now 
Apparently you do. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much for listening to Crash Carts and Cocktails. If you liked what you heard, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Go onto your iTunes podcast app and rate five stars. Leave a comment. That's the nice thing to do. And let us know how we're doing. We really, really, really want to know how we're doing. So good feedback, bad feedback. Give us all of it. We're open to it. Absolutely. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.